Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of life coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. We'll be right back to today's show. But before we do, I want to let you know that you can get a free copy of my first book, Think Unbroken, Understanding and Overcoming Childhood Trauma, when you leave a review for the podcast on Apple Podcasts, either on desktop or on your phone. All you have to do is go to Apple Podcasts, look up Think Unbroken, click follow in the top right, and then go and leave a review at the bottom. And when you leave that review, screenshot it and send it over to book.thinkunbroken.com where you can upload your contact and mailing information, and we will send you a free copy of this award-winning, best-selling book, absolutely free, including shipping. Just go to book.thinkunbroken.com to upload your screenshot review from Apple Podcasts for the Think Unbroken podcast. And until next time, my friend, be unbroken. I'll see you. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. 
I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program. You're listening to the Think Unbroken podcast, and I'm your host, Michael Unbroken. I'm an author, speaker, coach, and advocate for adult survivors of childhood trauma and abuse. In this podcast, you will learn how to transform your trauma into triumph, turn breakdowns into breakthroughs, and go from victim to being the hero of your own story. You can learn more at thinkunbrokenpodcast.com, and of course, check us out on Apple Podcasts and Spotify at Think Unbroken Podcast. Hey, what's up, Unbroken Nation? Michael here. Super excited to be with you again, my friends. Today, I'm joined by my amazing friend, Dr. Cam. Dr. Cam, how are you, my friend? What is going on? I am great. How are you, Michael? Oh, I'm so good. I'm super excited to connect with you. Uh, a little background for the listeners and or watchers, if you're hanging out with us on the internet. Um, Dr. Cam and I met a few weeks ago back in Dallas. I was speaking at the Adventure Reach Um really it's a speak off pitch off competition community thing vibe and and you and i just connected like old time friends like right out the gate so it's a it's a pleasure to have you on because i know a little bit about you if you can take 10 seconds here and introduce yourself to the audience only 10 seconds okay let me go so (laughs) i am cameron caswell and i'm an adolescent psychologist actually. And so what I do is I work with parents and teenagers and I help them connect with one another because my entire belief is that teens are completely misunderstood, which is what creates so much of the conflict in the home. And the conflict in the home when kids are teens, I believe, is what causes a lot of the mental health issues moving forward because our brain is developing at that time. And when we're getting these messages about ourselves and our deficiencies, because we're getting corrected a lot, um, that really leads to how we believe in ourselves and how we interact with the world moving forward. Yeah, I literally could not agree more. And I believe that these little things that happen to us in our childhood that become embedded while we are in this place of developmental processes ends up being the things that kind of set the baseline for who we become. And until you start to recognize that, like, you're like, why am I up? And you're like, oh, that's right. Because that thing that happened to me in third grade or in the home or in the neighborhood or things like that. Um, How practical is what I just said? That's real, right? I'm not just making that up in my head. Well, it's completely real. And here's what I am out there telling parents is that parenting seems to be this thing that we tend to wing. I mean, we joke about it. We're just winging it. We're making it up. We don't know. Nobody tells us how to do it. And yet it is the most important job anybody could ever have. I would not even go to a hairdresser 
that was winging it because God knows what my hair will look like and that'll grow out in a few months, right? But yet we'll wing parenting. And this is what I'm trying to tell parents is we do not have to wing it. There is information out there. There's a lot of information out there that it can show us how to parent and how to help our kids, especially in my focus is our teens, really build them up with resilience and self-confidence and have a strong connection with them. And those are the things that are most important for their success. We focus yeah, and, a lot on other stuff. And, and I relate to that so much. I mean, the, the word angsty teen gets thrown away. And I, I look at myself, I was a monster, right? Mm -hmm. I was selling drugs. I was doing drugs. I was breaking the houses, stealing cars, running from the cops. I got expelled from school, didn't graduate high school on time the whole nine, right? Yeah. Um, and, and that was so much because of A, not having structure of any capacity. And and B, I just, I was a teenager. Like I felt like nobody got me, no one understood me, but that's the, that's the nomenclature for every teenager for the history of forever. And so, do you know why? Because nobody understands them. <laughs> There's well, okay, so then let, let me <laughs> let me challenge you here because I want to understand yeah, this. And so, sure. you know, a lot of the listeners are parents, right? Yeah. So if if I have a teen, but I'm like, oh, I knew that I was once a teen. So why am I having so much trouble with my teen? How do you like bridge that gap? So this is such a great question. And the biggest problem I see is despite the fact that we were all teens, we quickly forget how it felt to be a teen we do remember a lot of the trouble and angst and feelings we had as a teen. So our, our view of adolescence between that and what the media shows and all of these beliefs, we have a really negative view of adolescence. I mean, studies have shown that our view across the board, across countries is way negative than actuality. So we go into it with this expectation that teens are going to be difficult and we treat them like that and our, we respond to them, they also trigger us and trigger our inner teen. And so it becomes this battle. And I always hear like, pick your battles. I don't like the term battles because battles means it's you against them. And parenting shouldn't be you against your kids. It should be together. And so we get in these states of someone's gonna win and someone's gonna lose. And that creates a lot of conflict. Yeah. Well, how do you navigate this idea of battling when so much, especially around the nomenclature of parenting in the Western part of the world, the United States particularly, is lead with an iron fist? Yeah. And we, I mean, the 50s, 99% of parents parented that way. We've done so much research now to show how much damage that does to self-esteem, we see alcoholism, we see drug use, we see like all of these things. And here's the thing that I always find interesting is parents will go, well, that's how I raised it. I was raised and I turned out okay. And I hear Did this a lot. Yeah, that's a great question. Did we though? Um, I have yet to meet, I mean, I see so many adults every single day struggling with self-esteem, struggling with depression, struggling with bad relationships. Why is this? We assume that it just is, but it doesn't have to be that way. It's because we were, and I still believe this, we were really beaten down when we were younger. And it's from a good place. I'm, I'm not saying parents don't love their kids. They love their kids tremendously. But we parent often from a place of fear. 
we parent from a place of worried because we hear all these stories. We're worried our teens are going to go in these bad directions. We're worried they're going to make these bad choices that are going to affect their lives. We worry about social media. And so we protect them. But the way we protect them is we box them in a lot of times. We hold them back. We, 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 we like constrict them before we even let them give our, get trust and let them explore. And so I think a lot of this sends messages to our kids that they're not capable, that they are broken, that there is something wrong with them. Yeah, but that feels to me like it so much starts with the parents, right? Because I look at the, the measurement of generational trauma. You know, my mission, my goal is to end generational trauma in my lifetime. I believe you do that through the expansion of education with a trickle-down effect from the parents into the children and then out and up. Um, but how do you, how do I want to ask this question in a very practical way? Because there are people, I get canceled quite frequently on the internet. Like, first off, I don't care. Everyone knows this. But secondly, <laughs> the one the one post, and I will regurgitate this from time to time, is the fact that parents have to be in their adult years culpable and take responsibility for what they've done in their parenting style, which has let, now led to this place where I'm working with their children, whether they're 18 or 65, trying to get to this place where they can learn to love themselves. So how do you step into having the conversation about responsibility with parents in light of the fact that, well, I turned out okay? Yeah, so the first thing I will say, and I, I said this, I mean, it used to go back to even like spanking, which is woo, a hot topic. But here's what I say. If there is evidence that this way can cause and is associated with a lot of issues, and this way is not, why would you pick the way that's associated with a lot of issues just because it might not be when you have an option to go with a, with, a, with a choice that gives your kids more chance of being successful and happy and thriving? Why would you pick the one that doesn't? So that's my question to people is you've got that choice. And a lot of parents will pick the ones that they've used, that everyone else has used, despite the fact that there's evidence upon evidence upon evidence, upon evidence probably in their own lives, that it doesn't get their kids to where they want them to really be. Um, yeah. Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. So so I, I get that. And from a, a logical standpoint, that makes perfect sense. However, in practical application, I feel like it's a lot more difficult. So how do you actually start to navigate that? Okay. So there are actually skills that I teach parents that are critical and can make enormous strides. The first one is remaining calm. This is not an easy one to do, but we all know, and this is for kids, teens in particular, they are a hotbed of emotion. That's how their brains are developed. So when parents add on and pile on their emotions and their, their own feelings and everything else into that because their kids are triggering them, they're just creating, they're, they're throwing fuel on the fire. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And we're sending the message again that it's us against them and that we're fighting. And now somebody's trying to win. And a lot of times what the key reason we got into the argument for or our key concern for our kids gets lost in the fight to win. So my first thing is figure out how to be the one that is grown up and staying calm in the situation so you're not adding to it. 
The second one that is so important, and this is why every teen says nobody understands me, parents don't understand me, is because we don't. And the way to understand them is to actually listen to them. And it, it amazes me because we're taught to talk, we're taught to read, we're taught to write. We are never taught to listen. And listen is probably one of the most communication, important communication skills we have. So being able to listen to our kids and actually validate and hear their emotions. As parents, we tend to want to fix. And again, I, I'm not setting out to, I'm not out here to set the parent up as the evil person because they're not, they're here to love. We're just making mistakes because we don't know any better. And I'm trying to just let people know there are other ways that we can do this that will make our lives and our teens' lives a lot easier. So one of them is really to listen, to pay attention, and to hear what our kids have to say. A lot of times we try to fix things. We try to lessen their emotion. It's okay. You don't need to be angry about that. I had it worse than you. When we do that, we're invalidating their feelings. And feelings are not negotiable. Feelings are feelings. We can't make our kids not feel angry or sad. We can make them feel bad about feeling angry and sad on top of feeling angry and sad by telling them they shouldn't be feeling that way, but we can't make them stop. And so when we listen, we can understand them and we can help them through their emotions, which gives them skills to later be able to actually be able to handle and, and care for their own emotions on their own. So there's skills like this that are out there. They're actually reduce the conflict because my whole goal is let's stop all the fighting. There doesn't need to be so much fighting if we're working together on the same team. So then how do you have the conversation with a parent who says, well, my job is to be the parent, not the friend. And they misconstrue this conversation as you, you might be telling me to be friends with my kid. I am so glad you asked that, Michael, because that is the biggest misconception. Nothing I'm saying is about being their friend and letting them control. And I see this a lot, too, where parents go so far the other way that their kids are ruling the house. And there's so much turmoil and emotion and nastiness. Some of the things kids say to their parents, I'm like, oh, my gosh, like, how do you accept that? because there's guilt and there's this feeling where I don't wanna control them. So you can parent and actually kids want structure. Kids want clarity and where the boundaries are, but we need to make sure that we're being firm. Firm does not being, mean being cruel. You can be kind and you can be firm at the same time. You can be rational and reasonable and still have structure and still have clear boundaries at the same time. And it's being able to set those up. I, the way I always compare it is if you're, when you're driving down the road and all of a sudden someone pulls you, you get pulled over, right? And they say you were speeding. And you're like, there was no, there was no speed sign. Like I didn't know what the limit was. There was nothing indicating what the limit is. And they're like, well, you should know, you should know better right? I told you weeks ago what it was, or you should just know. We'd be pretty angry. Well, this is how parents, this is how teens or kids, all kids feel, because a lot of times we make up the rules as we go along. 
we make up or define the boundaries after they've crossed the boundaries. And we define the consequences after they've crossed the boundaries and the consequences change. And so clarity beforehand on where are the boundaries and why are they there and what's the consequences and what happens, what is the consequence always going to be, whether mom or dad catches me going over the line or I do that, you know, no matter what, it's the same consequence. And the consequence is related to what boundary was crossed. So there's consistency. And this gives kids control over their behavior now. They, they now know where it goes and they can make the decision to cross it or not. Yeah. And, and that makes a lot of sense to me because I think like structure being this really profound part of, of human growth. And for me being routine, doing the same things in and out, knowing my schedule, knowing how I show up in the world. When I was unstructured, I was in, for lack of a better term, chaos. Oh, yeah. and, and that's how I found myself in, especially as a teen, these incredibly precarious situations. And I would find myself I was a habitual line stepper. There was no rule. All right, let, let's do something really practical here. Okay. Good. Let's pretend that you are parenting Michael at 16. Let oh me, my let God. Me, okay. Let, let, let me put this ready. into context because okay. this is going to be helpful for people, I think. Yes. The 16 year old me, I just got expelled from school for selling drugs. Um, I was getting ready to get put into a last chance program. I was getting stoned all day, having sex with my girlfriend all night, smoking and drinking, selling drugs, breaking into cars, sneaking out of the house in the middle of the night, stealing cars. I was running from the cops. I got put in handcuffs. I was working a, a job at Hollywood Video making money while I was really hustling and making real money on the outside. That was my cover. Mm -hmm. I am like almost probably the worst kid that you could possibly have. There's nothing that you could say to me. My grandmother was raising me at the time because my mom was in and out of, um, of rehab or she was just disappeared. Um, my stepfather was super abusive guy, so on and so forth. And so now, whether it was my grandmother or, you know, if a friend had taken me in or whatever, I was still like, put the boundary in front of me and watch me cross it. It was almost like every time that someone would say, this is what you should or should not do, the incentive for me was to break you. I know yeah. this sounds crazy, right? But it was always like, how far can I push you? Part of it was I wanted, I felt like, okay, if I push you as hard as I can, then eventually you will have to stop trying to be engaged or love me or whatever that is. I understand that now looking back in retrospect. At the time, however, I was like, you don't tell me what to do. How do you step into the arena with that kid? Well, it's not going to be an overnight fix, but and, and it's not about fixing too. And this is what I would say to all of that. Everything you listed, all the behaviors, those are not the problem. Those are the symptoms of an underlying problem. And you just listed a lot of problems that you had, right? I mean, you had no structure. You had no security. You had no positive feedback. You had no, like unconditional love. I mean, all the things that help us thrive as individuals, you didn't have. So you were left to put up every single defense you possibly could. And it sounds like you were testing over and over and over again, every line, because you could just prove to them and proving to yourself that no one cared about you. Like every time you crossed a line, you showed nobody cared because they allowed you to do that and, and more so i i think also it was 
I wanted to see what I could get away with. Like I was caught. Here's what I think is really fascinating, Dr. Cam, is I was fully cognizant and aware of all the actions that I was taking at that time. And I was just like, how do I game this system? And so dealing with yeah. that, and let's say you, you know, I, I think you made a really wonderful point about the fact that it's going to take time, but where do you start? You start by, and I, I actually want to get it back to you too, because you did come around. So I think you already have an answer of what you needed, right? So what I am guessing, but I would love to hear what you actually have to say about it because you're going to have a lot of insight and I like learning and learning as well, but it's actually embracing that kid. It's actually finding the good in you because you're just finding all the bad. The more people say you're a bad kid, the more you're going to prove it. I mean, you're, you just keep leaning into who you believe you are and you're being told over and over and over again, I have no doubt that you're just a bad kid. So great, let's lean into that. When we start finding the strengths and even so many of the things that you were saying, quite frankly, there showed a lot of strength in those, your ability to go out and support yourself, your ability to find out how to make money. And there's like, there's things in there that actually sparked some real intelligence and some real strengths in you. You were living them in a very unhealthy way, obviously but you are showcasing some amazing, amazing attributes. And so I think it's focusing on and having somebody be able to come in and say, no matter what you do, I love you. No matter, you cannot do anything that is gonna make me stop loving you. And I'm gonna keep go focusing in on the strengths that you have, and I'm gonna keep showing up for you. And, you're yeah. just and I, there. I think as, as a parent, how do you do that? Right. So whether, you know, I have a, a ton of people reach out to me. I spent time not in foster care, but in foster environments. I spent time in group homes, like the whole nine, right? How, as a, as a parent or a caregiver or someone who's just trying to empower that kid who just needs that one bit of love, that one bit of whatever it is, but they can't receive it, they can't accept it. And you're trying and like, you're banging your head against the wall at night trying to figure out like, how do you get in there? What do you do? Because there are people listening right now in this situation yeah. with a team like I was trying to figure out how to show them that they're cared for in the world. Don't give up on them, first of all, because that's exactly what they're expecting you to do. Um, and it is, it's going to take a kid. And, and again, I want your feedback because you were that kid. I wasn't that kid. Um, but it's a matter of saying, I'm going to keep showing up for you. And I'm going to keep showing you that I love you. Whether or not you're showing that you feel it or not, it's sinking in. Trust me, it is sinking in. Kids, when you get to that point, you have so many defenses up and you feel so Un insecure and so unsafe that you're not going to trust somebody. You're not going to let those boundaries down because you've been hurt over and over and over and over again. So you need to really believe that that person over time continues to show up consistently. The other thing I would say is you can't take it personally as a parent. You just can't. It's not about you. It's about what they're going through. And they're going through so much. The, I, I tell parents all the time that 
the uglier the behavior and the words and the be and everything that's coming out is it's a reflection of what's inside. Nobody needs to act out. Nobody needs to say nasty things if they're feeling good about themselves inside, if they're feeling safe. So it's a reflection of what's going inside. So focus on that. Focus on the fact that this kid is hurting this much that they need to act this way. And yeah. I need to be there to make sure somebody is there that they can trust and count on no matter what. It's not easy. Yeah. That, that's really powerful. Yeah, and I, I will definitely contend that it's not easy. And, and I can go back and look at a couple of key people in, in my childhood who brought a tremendous amount of value to my life while in, in the moment I didn't understand it, in retrospect, it made a lot of sense. And, and, and they know who they are. Mr. Hollingsworth, a teacher who one day he looks at me, he goes, you're not supposed to be here. And he literally goes, get your together. Yeah. And, and that was great. And what happened is like the next semester of high school, I finally was in this like last chance program. I'm learning all these skills and I got straight A's. It was crazy, right? Um, there were other circumstances that helped me do that. But then another teacher, uh, Mr. Bush, my business teacher, no less, failed me. And he's the reason why I didn't graduate on, well, let me rephrase it. I'm the reason I didn't graduate high school on time, but he was the catalyst in that because when I walked up to his classroom at the end of the senior year, my girlfriend had, had called me. I was at home smoking weed and playing video games. And she's like, uh, by the way, you're not graduating. I was like, whoa, yeah. what are you talking? I already knew. And so I go to school, I bang on the door. I go, Mr. Bush, what the f is wrong with you? Why aren't you passing me? And, and, you know, like this skilled teacher had been teaching in inner city schools for 20 years. He was super calm about it. He goes, you know, on the first day when you walked in here and you told me you weren't going to come to my class, because I told him this, I literally was not going to come to this class. It wasn't going to happen. Yeah. He said, well, check in with me and do homework. I didn't do that one time. And then in that moment, he taught me a lesson that carries with me today. It's the most important thing anyone's ever told me. He said, you have to understand something about life. Your charms and your good looks are not going to get you by. You're going to have to do the work. And that became this huge catalyst for me to be able to look forward. And, and I'm going somewhere with this. When I think about resilience, and you go look at the research around resiliency, one of the key indicators of whether or not people will have those traits of resiliency is whether or not a single person conveys love. And so as you're moving into that and as you're battling this as a parent and as you're working with teens and, and creating this impact in their lives, the, the thing that I would say is that there is a possibility that you are ingraining things that you don't even understand right now just by showing up. Yes. How, Dr. Cam, this, this is what I think is really important. When, when you hit that precipice, if you're like, I'm ready to give up, I can't do this anymore, I've tried everything we've gone to therapy and we talked to the counselors and we've got the books and blah 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 and the kids still nightmare and you're ready to quit what do you do well you need to first you need to take care of yourself too and i say this and people are like when how but here's the thing if you're going to show up and keep showing up for this kid or any you know any person if you're completely empty and exhausted and at your end, you have nothing left to give that person. So there's ways to do that where it's not just shutting that kid out, but it's setting boundaries, right? You need to set boundaries that still keep yourself and care for yourself 
and living that life that is important to you. And so I tell this with parents that have very difficult kids too. It's like, you still need to find time in your life and create the life that you want and live the life you want with the child in it, but you're living your life, right? You're not letting your child dictate how you live your life. Because a lot of parents, a lot of people let them do that. Once you start doing that and you're starting, you're starting to be able to fill yourself up and you're starting to find your own place, then you will have enough to keep giving and find support. If you're running it out, running out, find someone that can support you. But the thing is, and Michael, you know this more than anyone, if you give up after you've put in so much time, you're telling that kid that everybody's going to leave them. Everybody's going to leave them. And that, I don't care how exhausting it is, if that child is important to you, that's the one message you can't give them. So take care of yourself so you have it in there. So I, I would love to hear like your story. And I love the stories that you're saying of your teacher because, yes, it, if just one trusted individual adult person is in that kid's life that can save them if it's the parent that is far more effective because that parent is there every single day in their life forever right so we the parent is the ideal person to do that um but your teachers i can bet we're like oh he's not hearing me he, they're saying this michael's just blowing me off right but they said it anyway, and you did hear it, didn't you? Um, at, at times, for sure, because I, I definitely had teachers. I, I I would say that one of the things I've been gifted with is intelligence, and I probably am too smart for my own good. I recognize that even today, and and I contemplate the idea of whether or not I could ever be a genius. And in that, and and that's not me like using hubris by any scope of the imagination, but I think about if I wouldn't have done all those drugs, where would I be? Right. <laughs> and, so, <laughs> and, and so the teachers would, I remember at like fifth grade, I, I won like all the spelling bees. And yeah. in, in middle school, like I was winning these science awards and things like this, but by the time that I was in high school, I just didn't care anymore. No. I didn't care about because high school to me was nonsense. It made zero sense. I'm like, I'm trying to survive. We're getting evicted. I moved five times yeah. my freshman year of high school. And you think I give a shit about social studies? You are out of your mind. And so these teachers, they would come in they'd, and they'd be like, don't hang out with that kid. You're better than that. You're this, you're that. And I just like, you guys don't get it because right. you're the adult, you're the parent figure, you're the whoever, the authority. And I'm just trying to connect with human beings who see me, who aren't going to judge me, who aren't going to yes. be the one that says, you don't belong here. You're not supposed to be here. And so even though they would, they would convey these things and give me, um, advice most often more often than not they just be like i'm done like what why are you here and i remember i went to the the dean's office one day right before i got expelled and and he was like why are you here and i was like because i because you're making me and i missed it's hilarious you go look at my report card i missed my senior year alone like 91 days of school because i was like i don't care and in my community, the kids I was hanging out with, what I was doing, that's how I found solace. That's how I found peace. And so 
looking at and understanding that, and, and I want to loop to something here because I think it'd be really important to talk about. The parents, the adults, the individuals in my life who should have been the figures I looked up to were not. Instead, yeah. I found I found inspiration through people like like Jay-Z. And and I was so inspired by him because I was like, he made it out. My kind of like this. Maybe I can yeah. figure it out too. Um, and then one of the things that hit me throughout, not only doing my own personal work, but now growing Think Unbroken, having these kind of conversations, educating myself, having all these certifications in trauma education. One of the things that is so incredibly abundantly clear is that this is a generational issue, that trauma is a trickle down effect, that the way that we parent is a trickle down effect. It starts generations, generations, generations before it ever comes to us. And so now this is so ingrained and embedded in us like software DNA that you're effectively not only upgrading, but reprogramming yourself while simultaneously recognizing the impact that other people had on you leading up to this moment. And then you're at this crux or this juxtaposition now where you must unfortunately do all the work to change it so that you don't end up doing the same thing to your kid. And so while I recognize a lot of this is about the style of parenting, which I think is incredibly practical, more so I think the conversation is what adults i.e. parents, which in this context makes more sense, need to be doing to first heal themselves. So yeah. talk about that a bit. How is that important and why does that actually matter in this journey? It is so critical because so much of what our conflict is with our teens is not about our teens. It's about us and how they're, how they're what they're triggering in us and what they're making us feel about ourselves. And so some of the biggest ones I see um, and uh, you, you said the word judgment, and I want to bring that word up because a lot of what parents do, and let me just be clear too, I am a parent of a teen as well. So I'm not, whatever I say, I do. So I just want to be really clear about that. I'm not saying, oh, you go do this, and I'm not living it every day. I'm living it every day. So I, um, being able to realize when you're getting triggered by your teen or you're getting afraid of your teen, so you were talking or afraid about what your teen's doing, why? What is it that's triggering you? Why are you so concerned? So one of the things I hear a lot in my community is the grades, right? Like getting straight A's, I mean, I don't know why they have any other grades because A's are the only grades that anyone's allowed supposed to get, right? So getting straight A's, getting into the right college, getting the right job, all of this is, that's the way it's supposed to be. And parents will fight tooth and nail with their kids daily about their grades. And my question is, why are you so worried about their grades? What is it about their grades that you're worried about? And you're saying, well, because I want them to do this, this, and this. Well, I mean, we're seeing, looking at you, Michael, you're, you're doing extraordinarily well for you and you clearly did terrible in your grades, right? So there's other paths. So what is it about the grades? Also getting the ideal job. How many people hate their corporate job that they work so hard to get good grades to get into the right school to get? A lot of us. I hated my corporate job. That's why I'm not doing it anymore, right? And I work my butt off for that. So we have these programs in our head of what is expected. And we get very worried, especially now with social media. We think it impacts our kids. It impacts 
us a lot because we're sitting there looking at all of our friends and what their kids are doing. Oh, their kids on the honor roll. Oh, their kid just won this, you know, the game. Oh, th their kid just got the scholarship. And we're going, my kid needs to do that so that I feel like I'm a successful parent. Is it really about your kid? Or is it really about you feeling like you're a successful parent measuring up against all the other parents? And this is a tough question to ask yourself. This is one that a lot of people struggle with, but I've asked parents flat out that are fighting with their kids every single day about their grades. And I say, why is it so important? And they literally cannot come up with an answer other than because they're supposed to, because they're supposed to do this, this, and this. And I say, and this is my mullet philosophy or theory, once upon a time, people said the mullet looks stylish <laughs> and we were all, people were all getting mullets. So we need to re-question what society is telling us is what has to be. Why is it important to you? Yeah, you like I, my, I mullet, love that. my mullet philosophy? Yeah, I don't. Uh, Billy Ray Cyrus is rolling over in his bed right now. Um, <laughs> look, the, the the thing that I think about, and and I had a conversation with one of my clients just the other day, who was talking about the impact that her child was having on her life, and the way that they have this like back and forth and measurement. And I was like, "What does your kid have to do with you?" And yeah. and I think, and when I say that, what I mean by that is, at the end of the day, the only person that controls your life and your outcome is you. Not your partners, not your boss, not your kids, not your community, no one, because the actions, the choices, the decisions that you make are what sets the precedent for everything around you. Uh, Dr. Cam, before I ask you my last question, can you tell everybody where they can find you? Yes. So I also have a podcast. It's called Parenting Teens with Dr. Cam and it's about parenting teens and it's with me, Dr. Cam. So it's easy to remember. Um, and you can go to my website, which is askdrcam.com. And that's just A-S-K-D-R-C-A-M.com. And you can find all kinds of free resources and information there. I love it. Yeah, that's super important. There's tons of resources that, that I think parents need because there is no playbook for this called life. Dr. Cam, amazing conversation. Thank you so much for being here, my friend. My last question for you is, what does it mean to you to be unbroken? That's a powerful one. To be unbroken to me means to be confident in who you are and to believe that who you are is exactly who you're supposed to be. And I think we often look at our failures or where we don't measure up to other people as being broken rather than just as being our unique selves and different. And so we can't measure ourselves to other people because then we'll always find places we're broken. If we just measure ourselves to ourselves, we're going to find that we are unbroken. I love it. That's beautiful. Very well said, my friend. Unbroken Nation, thank you so much for hanging out today. Please like, subscribe, comment, tell a friend. And until next time, my friends, be Thank you so much for listening to Think Unbroken. Please share this episode with someone who could use it and help us move forward in our mission of ending generational trauma in our lifetime. And if you would, please take five seconds to pop on iTunes or Spotify, hit that five star, leave a review. And you can also reach out to us on social at Michael Unbroken or at Think Unbroken. And of course, you can check out our YouTube channel at 
think unbroken. Thank you for being a part of Unbroken Nation, my friends. And until next time, be unbroken. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Hey, my friends, we will be right back to the show, but I have a question for you. Are you struggling with the impact of childhood trauma? Well, know that you're not alone. I'm here to let you know that I'm starting a brand new weekly coaching group that includes a year of live coaching, accountability, support, habit and goal setting, and more. I'm starting a waitlist for the group right now, and I'm only taking a handful of people. And I'll let you know that through this personalized coaching, we'll work together to help you understand how your childhood trauma has shaped your beliefs, behaviors, emotions, and will help you create a roadmap for healing and growth. Right now, you can schedule an absolutely free coaching session with me and get put on the wait list if you go to thinkunbroken.com. My friends, it's your time to turn your trauma into triumph, breakdowns into breakthroughs, and become the hero of your own story. And I'm here to support you in doing that. Just go to thinkunbroken.com to register for a free coaching call with me and to get put on the wait list for the brand new weekly coaching program.